podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Celtic dominator Ibrox near Beaton takes a long walk on 62 minutes and yet another set-piece goal leaves Celtic now trailing by 19 points in the title race. Surely it's all over, but is it? With a full half-season of fixtures yet to play, would it be madness to concede the title at this early stage? We'll cover all that and more in this week's Celtic Exchange, where this afternoon I'm joined by Miff and Kenny. Welcome both to the show. Miff, to get us started, what's your take on yesterday's result and where that now leaves us? Uh, hello, hello Tino. Um... Uh, well, where it leaves is I, I don't think it is a retrievable situation if I'm being perfectly honest guys um, in my opinion we had to win yesterday and the reason I think we had to win is just because I don't believe this team this squad and it's current guys can go that lengthy unbeaten run or winning run that we need to do to put Rangers under serious pressure I think we're now at a stage where Rangers can comfortably afford to drop, drop points you know draw a couple of games maybe even lose a game and not still not be under any pressure for us because we're nowhere near them. I saw one, but quite frustrating as well in the sense that whilst we played well yesterday, it begs the question as to why we're so far behind. What about yourself, Kenny? Yeah, uh, it leaves us with a mountain to climb. Um, I thought we were the better team by far and wide for the, for the pretty much the full, full game, absolutely for the first 62 minutes until the sending off. Uh, and I'm with, I'm with Miff, I think it's a tall ask to to, to ask us to come back from this now um, we've got to win all the games in hand which we could see doing the run movement on I can see is maybe winning those games in hand now but we've then to go, got to beat Rangers twice in the two games we've got left against them when we've not produced it against them in the last four games we need to hope that they slip up and neither apart from winning the games in hand I can't see them things happen I mean, unfortunately b- based on what we all seen yesterday at least for the first 62 minutes when it's 11 v 11 don't you think feasibly that we can go and win so but there's 19 league games remaining for Celtic two of which are against Rangers don't you believe we can win the 17 other games against the the best of the rest possibly but the the, the management of the squad to this point we have almost stumbled across a winning formula so therefore if, if that's you know how long will it take before the manager reverts back to type again um not very is what I would suggest. I just don't have a lot of confidence in them to put Rangers under sustained pressure. Um, they're, they're fragile and they're fragile for a reason because that, that horrendous run that they went on kind of between October and November just seemed to... I mean, that's where the damage has been done. It's very feasible we could still... You know, what kind of seems to be missing out all the post-mortems is Rangers are showing championship form, unfortunately for us. You know, they're unbeaten. So, and, and they did yesterday what champions do. They played poorly and found a way to win. Now, a huge contributor to that was Beaton's decision. Again, Beaton done something which he would get a yellow for in midfield that you can't do when you're at centre-half. There's also the argument that had he gone across and not put the arms out and just stumbled into Morelos, you know, put his knee across him, it's you know less obvious that it might ask the question of a yellow. You saw the cynical fools in the midfield that had no intent to play the ball yesterday for both sides and mm-hmm. it goes on you know I think Davis had one on Ayer but particularly I think he did just try to clip him but he actually ended up standing right on his ankle uh, right his ankle he came right down it was a real bad one but you know they're the type of things that go on in the midfield all the time mm-hmm. and you take your yellow card and you move on if you do it at the back when there's you know grass to run into you run a big big risk and effectively what you do is you give the referee a decision to make 
Yeah, I think think there may, may have been an element of him not trusting his goalkeeper as well. I don't know if that I've never played centre half, but possibly is that in your head? And you're thinking, you're thinking, is there's nobody there behind you? That's or the last time he was, he's there and he's ran out and Julian's ended up injured and there's there's many times where he's come off his line. And is there an element of not trust there with the keeper? There can certainly be the fact that if you know Fraser Foster's behind you, even if a guy gets through one on one, there's still a chance. From what we've seen so far with Arcas, if someone gets through one on one, Barelos or otherwise. The, the odds are against them from what we've seen whilst there was a lot for Morelos to do my first initial reaction was oh, he was in he was in yeah and, and so Ayers, on but... that basis my first reaction I've looked at it again if that's the other way around you are screaming for the raid yeah. I- would quick... we have got it possibly not but that's a different story Ayers <laughs> not quick enough to, to make up that ground he is quick and he showed that it flashes I mean, yesterday Ken, as well I was thinking that as well it's a funny one because whether it was Ayer or the slowest man in football, it shouldn't really matter. You know, how does a ref make a decision? Does he glance and say, I, I, oh, it's Ayer, he's pretty fast, or it's I, Scott I, Brown's not as fast? How do you decide? I would take Ayer out, in my own personal opinion, I'd take Ayer out of the equation for the point of view of, I don't I don't think the cover is a legitimate argument. I think it's how far the ball's rolled in front, comparative to the, the turn that Morelos has got in, and I would say, He's done him basically. The, the one thing he did do all game, and he's he, he's done him. Yeah, he's not. Morelos isn't particularly impactful in, in these kind of games, but he's done his job yesterday. He's rolled him, and he's 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 Absolutely. got all done off, and it's changed the game and, completely. And I, I think we're in agreement here. There's no there's no question that it was a red. I, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. I, you know, well, I'd say it's one of those ones where it's a fifty fifty. You can't really complain that it gets given, but at the same time, I doubt there would have been absolute howls had a yellow been given as well because there was so much space between the player and the goal but again I'm just doing what I've done when I was asked for a score prediction I'm covering my back here I'm covering all potential one, outcomes one loser draw um, the, the other questions have been asked you know everyone talks about well Nier Beaton is not a natural centre half he's played there long enough now he's played there at international level uh, for his country so it's not like this is his first time doing it McCoy's pretty much begging on Coventry for Rangers to, to play the balls down the sides and the one time they did do it got us in trouble because they managed to get that one on one and it, it comes back to a point which Anton has made in, in previous pods, that is the risk we run when we play that system is because like something from Pong, they're not going to be on the cover, they're going to be away going forward. If the ball breaks down in midfield, you know, that ball is on every time somebody plays against us. So whilst it's not a great concern with Ayer on the other side because he showed that he can he can handle the one-on-one defending, and I have to say up to that point, Beaton was absolutely outstanding. It was he, colossal. He, 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 he had everything. read everything well and stepped in. You know, he'd stopped a lot of Rangers interplay because he was reading the game well, stepped in when he should have done he's basically just get done by somebody who's very good at that. You know, Morelos, that's what Morelos makes a career off of, getting guys in tight and rolling them, and he's been done. And it's, you know, it's also quite convenient to look for excuses. He's not an actual centre-half, you know, he's been brought in to do a job, etc, etc. Decent centre-halves, natural centre-halves have also been done in that same fashion, and Julian could just as easily have been done. So maybe it's just looking for a you know an excuse to, as to why that happened. Well, the more pertinent point would be why someone that you've paid an astronomical amount in wages for when was sitting in the bench and that again that just that feeds in it. and I'm not what I'm saying is you know Duffy showed when he came on why shouldn't have played got I mean it's no nice to sit, sit here and slag any professional football certainly no one that plays with your team but the big man's just looked really out his depth when he came here which is odd considering the career he's had but I don't know if it's maybe just all a bit too too much for him but that is the reason why B. Tom was on the part was because Duffy wasn't trusted to start. Exactly right. You look, you know, you look at what your options are, and we debated it during the week as to what the lineup would be, and the fact that a few of us suggested that B. Tom would and probably should get the nod as a not natural centre half. It, it tells its own story about Shane Duffy, and don't want to dwell on that. But just it clearly has not worked out. 
whether it's the COVID situation, the fact that he's trying to adjust to a new country, his family's back home in Ireland, who knows, but it, it certainly has not worked out. And all of a sudden, with Julian out for a few months, it leaves us seriously short at centre-half. I, th- I think we need to get into the market again. I, mean, I, I don't think settling between Brighton, Northern Ireland and Scotland should be should be that bad, really. Come on, Tino. Well, okay. It's, it's tax guns and steady soda scones or something like that. There, there goes have... some of the straws I was ah, clutching. No, come on, yeah. man. Come on. Yep. I, 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 feel sorry, I, I feel really sorry for Duffy. Everybody, everybody wanted it. Well, most people I spoke to wanted it. It's mm-hmm. just not worked. It's just not happened. Yeah. I think as well, aside from the, the beaton situation, there was quite a good analysis yesterday, uh, last night on sports scene from Michael Stewart, who's pretty fair-minded, generally speaking. And he looked at the system that Celtic played and he showed how effective it was in the first half in terms of there's such a huge onus on McGregor and Christie on either side to work their socks off in partnership with uh, Eddie and Griffiths up top doing their closing down and really giving Rangers no space. And at times they, they've done it extremely effectively in the first half and Rangers just couldn't get out. However, that is not sustainable for 90 minutes and guys did tire and I suppose around about the 62nd minute. One of the few occasions that Tavernier had to clip it down the line, he took the opportunity to do so. And we've seen what happened. And I'm wondering, you know, it's always interesting in football where everyone's looking for someone to blame. I wonder if you can't really blame anybody. It was going well at the time. The system was working. The players were doing their jobs. And that's just an occasion that could could have happened any time in football. Yeah. It's, it's taken a couple of world-class A's from, from McGregor to stop us in the first half. We, we'd spoke about whether the formation was going to work. And I know that some of the pundits had said that the diamond was going to play into Rangers' hands. I, I think it would the complete. we showed the complete opposite. Mm. Um, we were the best... The, Better in the central areas, we're certainly better out wide. I didn't see, I think Tavernier and um, Barisic done next to nothing, uh, and, and Frimpong and Laxell just bossed it wide. From what I've seen with Frimpong, Frimpong was going by Barisic at will. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, to the point where I think most of Celtic's attacks were just continually coming down the, the right hand side because, he, you know, he, he seemed to have the beating off him any time he went to him. If only they had a better final ball. You know, between that's why he's pulling the Celtic. Well, yeah, between Frimpong and that side and Lax out, all energy done their job to the point where it became crucial and they had to get that ball across. And time after time, the two of them gave it away, which is really frustrating. Pulling the Celtic because he's not developed that yet. If he had developed that, he wouldn't have left Man City. But what what we should be trying to do, you know, as a as a as a, a club and as a team of coaches, they should just be working on that constantly with him because he's got all other aspects to his game. And plus, he, 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 the thing I like about him most is he tries really hard. I know that might sound like an obvious thing, but I, I, and I know we're going to come on to him because I know Tino, Tino wants to talk about him. It, it, Ryan Christie as well. You, can, you mentioned McGregor too. You can say what you want about these guys and their form and all that, but what you've seen in that system, you need hard workers and for an hour, they absolutely gave, gave their all. Just on the point of the blame game, the blame isn't necessarily for yesterday. You can say, oh, Beaton shouldn't have done this or Lennon should have picked him or whatever. This is about why we're in the position we're in, why, why we went into the New Year game against Rangers with it being must-win. Yeah. That, that to me, is the debating point. Yeah, generally speaking, you should be able to go to Ibrox in January and lose, and it doesn't break your season, you regroup and you, and you kick on from there. Now we're in this last of last chance lines. Now, I think you two lads have said to me ahead of the recording, but you can confirm here for me, absolutely all over. For me, yes. Yes, for me. Yeah, not for me. Not for me. And that's not just defying... I admire, I admire you know, that, but, never, but I can't buy it yet. I, I mean, just when you look at it, and I'm just I'm just going to give you facts here, not opinion, just facts, right? So we're 19 points behind with three games in hand. Based on how we've performed yesterday and the last half dozen games, Celtic can absolutely win those three games in hand. So now you're down to 10 points. Bear with me, my f- <laughs> you're, you're giving me that look again. Now you're down to 10 points, okay? All games, all games even. Two of those games are against Rangers. Now, based on yesterday, and obviously it's not worked out on the day, 
But based on how we can play and we've shown we can play with a new system against them, you could feasibly win those two games. One at Parkhead on the 20th of March, one at Ibrox somewhere after the split. So that would take us down to four points. And four points doesn't even rely on anyone beating Rangers. It relies on them drawing two games. Now, they've had a brilliant season so far. They've played 22 fixtures, I believe, not lost any. So it's it's incredible form for anybody and it's impressive and admirable. And we can leave that there. That was too, too, too much praise there. But that's enough of that. However, they've been also extremely fortunate in the first half of the season, whether it be COVID luck or general injuries. And I know they've had a couple of injuries and Arfield and Jack were missing yesterday. But generally speaking, they've also mixed good form with good fortune. Can they sustain that for their remaining, whatever it is, 16 games that they've got to play? Or do you see somewhere, based on some of the cracks we've seen yesterday, based on what we've seen St Mirren do, and even, you know, Hibs could potentially have stolen a point off them in recent weeks. So based on what they've got left, the 16 games... Can they go and win all 16? Or, I'm, you know, I'm taking the fact that we would win two of them. So in the remaining 14, you don't think it's feasible that they might drop a couple of points? Or, as the other side of it, that you don't feel it's feasible that Celtic will win the 19? By both, I just don't think they'll drop enough points for us. And I don't think we'll carry our form on enough for it to be close enough when it really matters. That's, you know, it's a mixture of both, really. And again, I'm not just sitting in the face. Um, what I'm saying is, will Celtic win all their games? Probably not. But will Rangers win all their games? Probably not. But timing's everything. The damage has been done. That's that's my take on it, really. The damage has been done. The damage was done in that horrendous period where we won 2-12. and 12. You know, Slava probably beat us 4-1 twice. Come oh, on, man. Oh, you get looking back the way he's a sore neck, man. Come yeah, on, the man. The that game, the last 10 minutes, had Slava Prague vibes. I mean, I had El Hamid on and you had yesterday. Duffy on. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? So I think, certainly up to 62 minutes in yesterday, Celtic have called it spot on. Lenny's called the right team and we weren't sure if he was going to throw a, a Bruni curveball pre-match and stuff. He picked what I believe and what I think everyone must agree now certainly was the right team and you know set up in such a way that it, I said yesterday, Neil Lennon's job or any manager's job is to create a team or set up a team to create chances. They've had 11 attempts on goal in the first half versus zero. So from a tactician, managerial, structural point of view, they've absolutely done the right thing. I would question, and it's kind of fallen under the, the radar a wee bit, but I would question he's substitutions after the sending off there's the easy comparison that Brendan Rodgers when Simunovic gets sent off in that same corner of Ibrox I believe when Simunovic gets sent off whenever it was the change he made was attacking he still put, my thunder still in your lines mate he put Odson Edward on lo and behold made himself a hero and scored the goal that day I think to win 3-2 that went the right scoreline Neil Lennon takes a different approach over the piece, he staggered the substitutions between the 62nd odd minute and the, the 90th minute and over the piece the full midfield diamond were replaced, right? Turnbull, Sorrow, McGregor, Christie. That's mental. For, for a four that was working so well, I can't get my head around that. I know that Lennon seems to hold the opinion that Turnbull isn't fit enough, fit enough for what I don't know. He's a young guy um, and Lennon just seems to go to a default position to take him off and replace him with somebody like Rogic or, or whoever. For me, as was shown yesterday in the last 10 minutes, Turnbull has to stay in the park if for nothing else his ability to set pieces because what was shown yesterday when Elianusi, Christie and McGregor took them, is that nobody is as good as them. So, if you can find a position to shuffle them in the midfield, maybe sit them a bit deeper so that he can just get on the ball and create, then do that. I, I don't understand why the default position is always to take Turnbull off. He'd done it against Hearts as well, and I thought that just sent the wrong message too, because, you know, you want Turnbull on the park to drive the team forward. He makes great angles when he receives the ball. He's always looking to play with his head up and ask questions of the opposition. I, I just don't understand why it's him that always has to come off. But, I think we lost a wee bit of impetus. I thought Elianusi's cameo was poor, he did a really good effort, could easily have scored, but I thought he, he made some bizarre choices when he came on, when you were looking for somebody to hold the ball, maybe get the team up the park, give us a chance, 
Um, even the one the last minute he tried to play through to Edward, he, he seemed to panic when he was playing it through, and he, he could even get a shot away on goal. Elianusi, I think, is a, a class player, but he just does things that infuriate me at times. And again, that's probably why he's at Celtic. He shows glimpses of what he's capable and doesn't do it on a regular basis. I, I thought the subs had next day zero impact, and and when Lenny's you know looking at you know stick or twist and what to do here. I don't know what he's thinking about. At one point, it was a double substitution of Bruni and El Hamid. I get the Bruni thing from, you know, from maybe driving you on. The El Hamid thing was just mind-blowing. I don't have an issue with, with, with Brown coming on, but the way I would be looking at that yesterday is, right, this is our season. 30 minutes to save your this season. This is our season. So I'm sitting there going, then I challenge Nicholas here. I'm sitting here thinking, right, come on, I need to roll the dice. So I keep Griffiths on in case there's a free kick. He took both Griffiths and Turnbull off at the time. Take, you know, and they're, 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 your most, they're, they're your two most creative guys. I understand why you want to get Rogic on the part, right? I completely get that. It wasn't until eight minutes to go, though. I, I, no, you know, I understand why you want to get Rogic, Rogic on the part. I, I just, I, I don't, surely you wanted to keep Frimpong. Oh, I think Frimpong took a couple of sore ones as well, though. I, I understand Sorrow coming off for the booking point of view and plus getting Brown on the part. I don't think Brown done a terrible amount. Roman was only, you mm-hmm. know, he was active, he was in about and getting down to 10 minutes, always really difficult. I just, the, the best team was the team that started. You've got to try and keep the majority of them on the park. If the players aren't fit enough, and I do think there is a fitness issue, I hate to say it, I do think there is a mm-hmm. fitness issue, then sort that out. Yeah. Get them fit. How hard can that be? Yeah, but it, it, it's like, you know, when we went 1-0 down, we instantly retreated. And actually, the subs we made, it's almost the kind of subs you would make if you were looking to keep it at 1-0. Do you know what I mean? And the, the game just played out as you would expect it to play out. Celtic barely had a chance after that. At one point, we, we, we threw Duffy on up top, and I'm thinking... Why not leave, Griff- leave Griffiths on? He was already up top and he knows how to do it. We've done that thing where Lenny's got form for that. He used to do it with Van Dyke. Remember when we were getting beat in the odd cup game and stuff? He'd just throw Virgil up top and just lump it forward. That's what you see doing in Sunday football. You know, we'll just throw it up to the big guy up top and we'll see what happens. He smokes 40 a day, but he's a decent big front man. It's mad stuff. The subs, I think the subs definitely slowed our momentum, I would say. We did have momentum, even, even going down to 10 men. We had still played well. And even after, I mean, it wasn't like we were besieged after mm-hmm. going. No, one down. I think I think Rangers probably had a look at the changes we made and went, you know what, we'll take our chances here, just keep the ball. Yeah, it just they, they didn't really go for the throw no, or go for the job. It, it just played out though. All of a sudden, the possessions swung in their favour and they've just knocked it around. And at, at no point in the remaining whatever it was, thirty minutes after Beaton gets sent off, at no point could I get excited. You never thought at any point we were going to turn it around. I had a, I had a wee jig at early on his effort. I must admit, I thought that was. I thought that was. That it was. was a, do you know it was a decent effort? Has he not got a hit target there then? International frontman twenty I, yards I, out. Aye, I would, but at the same time. I've seen what he's trying to do It's one of those ones that sell up And you just try to catch it till Kind of loft it over the keeper I'm, I'm speaking there like I was able to pull that like off a, I, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm talking that's what he was trying to do anyway talk, <laughs> Talking like a baller oh, the, no. the the very last thing So just not to dwell too much On the, the subs and all that stuff But the last thing was I, I thought the El Hamid one Really was puzzling Because the guy's not done anything For a month There's been noise about him Being seriously unsettled And whether he'll move back In the window or whatever else He's done nothing in a month We then bring him on There are other guys on the bench And Sham was on the bench Now I know he's questionable character at times surely he had something more to offer than El Hamid but the thing that really killed me with El Hamid apart from the fact that he came on and played particularly poorly was with about 30 seconds to go you maybe remember he's coming swept up something a Rangers attack right really inside well. done really well and then just Put it out of the park. tapped the ball out the park with 30 seconds to go first thing he'd done was just fire it down the line when there was no sure. there as well Aye, absolutely but that, that last one there it was the, the dying embers of potentially your 10 in a row season get it onto your left foot take a chance and lump it forward he played out you know, played it as if it was nothing each and you were just looking to hold on to a draw. It was just bizarre. I just don't think but he should have been anywhere so, near it. Something's going on and it begs the question as to why he was on the part in the first place. I mean, I might be a bit of a football and simpleton, but surely you just go man for man at the back, push a midfielder on, try and take your chances and do something going forward. You know, we've, we've got form for producing the goods when we go down to 10 and even 9 men, if you remember. Remember we were 3-0 down and got two goals back with 9 men. 
No, Do you remember that? We gave me three two. Rognan Commons scored, no? MD? Yeah, you're you're older than I thought, man. 20, 2012, 2011, something like that. Aye, aye, aye. It was, it was when Lennon's first tenure. It was that not the time we could have went and won the week. Aye, Brox, and we, we never we, we bottled it. I must, get, anyway. I must get better prep for these shows, man. See anyway. you start out with this, and I've, I'm just anyway. staring at my, you blankly. My point, be, my point being is that we've got, we've got previous for, you know, losing men, but still managing to do something. I, I just think uninspiring is probably the... the word to use about the, the substitutes and, and it definitely had an impact on our ability to then go on and get something from the game because the players who were most likely to achieve that were sitting on the stand. I also wonder, just because you can make five subs now doesn't mean you have to make five subs. And I understand fresh legs and, and ten men and I get that if that's the, the general principle, but not to the point where you make at least the four subs at the time, which just completely disrupted anything we had going on. Now, you see where Lee Griffiths on the park, regardless if you're down to ten men or nine men, you'll still get a chance. He always gets his chance. He looked like the most like scoring for yeah. the full for the full time he was on the park. It tum- and tumble as well, taking him off. He looked like a third striker at times. I just don't understand why you take I know they might be blown, but keep, keep them. Keep Christy them on the was park. having a. I thought Christy was having a poor game, although he, he was working hard. Mm-hmm. It was a number of times where he, he, he gave the ball away. He stayed on a lot longer than I thought he would, and I think the Rangers players seeing those changes will have thought, "Ah, this will do for us." Well, they, you, you retreat an extra five yards because you go, well, "They're not going to hurt us." Yeah, just on the fitness point, my you raised a what I think is a decent point on fitness, and in, in terms of the fact that it's it's now the third of January, and, and as of yesterday, these players didn't look like they were flying fitness-wise. The diamond formation, I believe, you know, without being any sort of master tactician, but the diamond formation, I believe, takes a lot out of the, the, the front six, if you like, that formation. Really requires defending from the front with Eddie and Griffiths, particularly in the wide area with McGregor to the left and Christie to the right, and obviously Sorrow and Turnbull doing, doing their work in between. And the suggestion is, it's not sustainable for 90 minutes to play the way Celtic did. So whether Beaton had to get sent off or not, they might have tired after 70 minutes, and that's when you need, you know, backup and and the wings. You know, you need to have somebody to replace him with. Whether Celtic don't have the players, that you know, the personnel to do that or not, I don't know. Well, I think if defending for up top is your game or what you're looking to do, then if you get somebody to come out on the bench who's Corla well and runner, then he would he would be the obvious change to make rather than Elianusi, who, who probably is a bit more. I think we've just got too many of the same types of players. You know, like say Elianusi and Cham, Christie, Turnbull, Rogic. You know, they would all probably ideally play in the same position. It's testament to McGregor and Christie that they're such willing workers that they can make the diamond formation work because it wouldn't work without them. I don't think mm-hmm. there'd be any other players that could make it work. Yeah, there's a question, but and I suppose it brings us in. So we're, we're now in January and there's a transfer window now open to us. Should Celtic be looking to make changes? Will there be guys looking to move on? What's your general take on we that? We need a centre-half. Do you take Declan Gallagher at Motherwell? Yes. Yeah? Easy decision? Well, Slot well, him right in? Well, I mean, he's a proven... Maniac. SPL, well, apart from that, but he's a proven SPL centre half. Listen, the fact that we're in this position where, you know, we still don't know who our best keeper is, we still don't know our best defensive combination, we still don't know what the team will be when it comes out on a Saturday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Sunday or whenever it is, and we're in January in the 10 in a row season. Whose fault is that? It's not my fault, though. Whose fault is that? <laughs> don't, don't look at me like Whose that. Whose fault is that? I know. Kenny, what do you think? Do you think there's guys that will move on? There's rumours around a lot of the guys there, but you don't you don't know what to believe and what not to believe. I think the the, the big thing is who who is it that goes at is it is it Lennon going? To, well, I've already said that I think Lennon will be here for the rest of the season, but <clears throat> is it wise to to allow him to go into the market? That's that's one of the the, the points here. So a will Lenny be here? So and and if, you know he's got this half season review thing, this January review that they've mentioned, and that should be taking place as we speak, if not already, because they need to decide clearly. I mean, talk about strategy and any sort of big business and your plans moving forward. If you're dancing around in January whilst a transfer window is is now underway and you don't know 
who's going to be taking charge of that team the next season. This this the tenor year was all. I think I think it was always going to have a end of era feel to it, um, whether we won it or not. And I think the board are now looking at. They must be thinking they've get they've they've they've, they've already backed Lennon until the end of the season at least. But can Lennon really sit down with guys and and and, and promise them he's going to be here? I'm not sure that he can. I think I think no matter what happens from now to the end of the season, the majority of fans are going to be looking for a change in the summer. Do we draw it out and leave it for three months where Lennon's working with guys when he doesn't know if he's going to be here? Or do we do we bring someone in that can that can have that assessment of the squad and sit them down and say, look, are you going to be here? Do you want to play for the club? Do you want to play for yeah, me? I mean, put yourself in Chris Ayer's shoes, for example. I, I think he's been particularly strong the last six, seven games. I thought he had a very good game yesterday. He's the kind of guy that you certainly could build a team around and you'd want to be around. You know, young, European, uh, 22 years of age, I think. Fit, athletic, strong. And we're only going to get better. He's an ambitious kid, I'm sure, and, and he may well have offers, whether you know the Milan thing's real or not, time will tell. But if Lenny's sitting with him today, out in Dubai, sitting by the pool, having a lovely time, Chris Mon for a chat, and he says, right, we're looking to make plans, blah, blah, blah. Can I really believe that Lenny is going to be there next season? Because they, they they see what we see, right? They know there's question marks, they know there's January reviews with Peter Lowell and all that stuff. So can guys like Ayer, Edward, whether, you know, he, he's maybe already got a foot out the door, uh, I don't know who else falls Brown, into that but, camp. Well, the club captain's running, is his contracts yeah. up? So whoever the manager should be having these conversations with, are they credible conversations when the players in question will be saying... I can't really speak to you about this because I know there's a good chance you won't be there. So therefore, what you really need is strong leadership from Peter Lowell to say, Neil Lennon will be the man for this season and for next. Or is now the time to come out and say, Neil will see out the season and then we'll be making a change. Whatever it is, there just needs clear direction. And all you're left with as a Celtic fan, and it's year after year, regardless of how successful they are, you're always kept in the dark and treated like a bit of a mug if truth be told. We've got your season ticket money now and that's as far as the information we'll be giving you. You know, they give you information when they want you to sign up for something, not so much when you, you as a fan yearn for you know for clarity and what's going on so that's a serious question mark in terms of Neil Lennon's January review what's that going to look like Muff? Um, what's the what's the ones you get in your your PDP if you work, work with a corporate company it's um, partially meeting expectations what part, Me- what meeting, part of them meant? meeting expectations or succeeding I would say it would it would be a failure for me we're out of two competitions and hanging by the three competitions two European and one League Cup Ah, well, true, aye. And, and then we're hanging by the barest of threads in, in the league, you know, and I'm only saying that because it's not mathematically impossible. So, um, to me, it's gone, but you take my point. If you're sitting doing a review and you say, right, Neil, you're the manager of the team, okay, we're out of the league cup, you can beat at home off Ferns Faros, a very, very average Ferns Faros side. You spectacularly failed in the Europa League and get pumped twice off Slavia Prague. Um, and you're 19 points behind Rangers albeit with the three games three games that to me if I was in my job and I was going into my year end review I would expect to be sacked yeah you'd be getting nervous about it I anyway. would be sacked you yeah. know? so I don't see why he should be any different whether he's a legend or not and you know that does not take away from the fact he's legendary he's done the quadruple treble and, that, and that's great to me it still feels like the whole point of him being there was so that he could do that yeah. I don't really think that's how we should be running our football club slash PLC yeah it just seemed <laughs> not for mean, me what do you think of that Kenny it seems like you know nostalgia and then and, and emotion got involved in allowing Lenny to see out the, the game against Hearts what do you think on that even from the moment that they, they, made, they made the statement saying he was going to be reviewed in the new year it's what played is it seven games Seven, seven since then. Seven since then. One dead rubber against Leo. Four league games that you, you should win anyway. The two big ones were the Hearts one that we won by this kind of a teeth. We drew and we won in penalties. And the second big one is the Rangers game. And although we were unlucky, we lost it. On that point, and I, I made this point last week, Kenny, was he broke up the winning team for that Hearts game out of sentiment. So he himself 
produce sentiment to play what Brown in, in that game. I just know for me, I, I just I, I just look at it and I go, how how can you say you have succeeded? You were brought in to do a very specific job. You're failing at that job, and in this particular instance, as much as it hurts me to say it because it might sound like I've got in for Newland and I absolutely haven't. I'm looking at this in the context of what's went on, and I've watched the team's performances with my own eyes. This is to do with the level of performance over a, over a six-month period. I've watched it. It's not been the same as what it was. Why has it not been the same? Loads of different circumstances. Loads of different circumstances, some of which were completely out with the manager's control, and I get that. But he hasn't made it any better. The stuff that he has made better was by accident. <laughs> so, to my mind, I, I just don't think there's a case to answer. Somebody made a very simple point that you know, this season, Neil Lennon has absolutely won the games they're expected to win. Those running the middle league games you mentioned there, Kenny, the last four league games out with yesterday. But any time where there's been any sort of challenge, Ferenc Farros, geez, can you call Ross County in the League Cup with all due respect a challenge? That, that's one you would even have thought about. Uh, yesterday, the game against Rangers in October, anyone where you're having to step up and go, okay, this one's in the balance, Lenny, over to you. Anyone where we've had to raise our game and, and try and get a victory, we've not. So we've, we've failed at every, every challenge we've had this season, we've failed on the part. That has got to come down to the manager, albeit there's been some circumstances, as you say, Miff, has gone against him. I'm just going to read out some information here, just in terms of the, you know, for doing this half-season review. Celtic have played 19 of their 38 games, so exactly 19 games left. They've got 43 points, so 14 points have been dropped. That's through two losses and four draws. Draws will kill you. You know, in these days of, Miff, you remember two points for a win, don't you? Had, 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 actually, <laughs> fine fair, fine <laughs> fair league. The 1985 Aye. Premier League. Any three, in these days of three points for a win. Cheers to you. Cheers. Any, uh, any draw will absolutely kill you. And that's proven to be the case. That's why I'm saying, you know, it'll be interesting if Rangers even were to draw a couple of games, but that's, you know, maybe me just yearning for good times. The question is now, so, uh, you know, it's the very real question, do, do you stick a twist as a Celtic board? So if they have this review, say it's this week, and they decide it's the end of the road, I, I mean, c can you sack the manager while it's still possible, albeit yes. it's, a, it's a slim chance, do you think so? Yes, because it's his fault we're in the position we're in. Look, now, I, I don't, just because it's been better the past four or five games, I don't see that as a reason for him to stay. If anything, I think that's the reason that he should go, is because clearly the talent and ability and the performance level has been in there in that squad, but he he failed to see what the issues were, failed to deal with them, and as a result, we lost valuable ground on on I'm, Rangers. I'm, I mean, and I can't disagree with any of that. My thinking is though that if you change manager now, you have absolutely no chance. If you don't, you've got a slim chance. I'd rather have the slim. I don't than know if none. I agree with that. I don't, I don't agree with do, that. Do you think somebody could come in and right away hit the ground running? Why not? I think we've seen it. Surely someone football. could come in and sorry, Kenny, but surely someone could come in and manage that squad more effectively than it's been managed. Are you is... saying that no one could come in for nineteen games and manage that squad better than what Lennon has to this point? I'm definitely not saying that. I'm just wondering who 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 does. I mean, Big Sam's gone. Sam's away. <laughs> Big Brom, Sam's so away. We've, we've my, missed, my dream, my dream ticket. We've missed that. Tighten us up at the back. I think Tony Pulis is back available. But ah, yes, we'll, yes. Go, we'll get to that. That is the in point. Fact, was, in fact, we won't get to that. I was going to make there. Was, is it? It's just someone, we're just saying someone, there's no one in mind and that's maybe what the issue is with the board. Maybe maybe the board are looking and they don't have anyone in mind or there's no one that's yeah. The question is, who, so who, who does want to come in with 19 games and have a, a loss on their CV? That's the thing. You know, is, is it a shot to nothing? That said, money talks as well. See, if you're an out-of-work manager and somebody says, we'll give you a, a couple of mil worth of contract, you're most likely going to come because managers nowadays, they're not generally loyal to any club. You can't tell me Big, Big Sam's a West Brom fan or, or anybody like that. And we're not going for Big Sam or Tony Pulis before you think that's the, the level we're at. But generally speaking, yeah, maybe there is someone out there, but managers need to come in and bide their own time and bring their own ideas. And I, I'm just not sure if someone could come in 
and potentially win the remaining games. I think Lenny could potentially win the remaining games. I've just been handed uh, some information, Tino. Is the producer backing you up? Aye, I've just been handed some information. Right, so he- here's the names on the list, right? Available of managers. Next permanent Celtic manager. Right. Eddie Howe. Take him in a heartbeat. 64. He's not that old. That's, that's the odds. That? No, that's the odds. Aye, 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 aye. Right. Jack Ross, 52. I would have taken him a few weeks ago. I would have taken him a few weeks ago, but no, no. <laughs> so he's, he's at the, he's at the, at the game. Better off with Ricky Ross. Um, Martin O'Neill, 52. Gordon Strachan, 21. John Kennedy, 21. Slavin Bilic, 21. Vjelko Ponovic, 14-1. Dan Petrescu, 16-1. Roy Keane, 16-1. Damien Duff, 21. Anything right. inspiring uh, on that list? No, no but I, th- I think, just reading Duff's name out there, I think Duff not being there seems to have had a big effect I think we spoke yeah. about that last week I think I think Duff is, is missed within the, the backroom setup. you've mentioned it before and I think you're right to do so and it also just shows you the importance of not just the manager but whoever he brings in with him I've, I've said this for a long time and I think it's a seriously uh, big reason as to you know why we are where we are Neil Lennon was trusted to be the man to deliver 10 in a row but he wasn't trusted enough to bring in his own backroom team what, what does that tell you? So, so Peter Lowell knew that Neil Lennon didn't have many options on the table He'd fallen out with Hibs for whatever reason, we don't know. And he gets offered the Celtic job, his dream job, and there's no way Neil Lennon at any stage in career or life could have said no to the chance to deliver the 10 for Celtic. So emotionally or otherwise, he was always going to take that job. And Peter Lowell has probably said, and I don't know, I'm not privy to the, the, the full story, but he's probably said, you're coming in, Neil, you know, we'll sign you up, we'll get you on board, but we're giving you John Kennedy, and we're giving you, at the time, Damien Duff, who's since moved on and been replaced by Gavin Strachan and his laptop. So... What does that tell you? And how, and how does Neil Lennon feel? What his chief exec? Again, go, you, you talk about corporate roles, Math. How do you feel if someone goes in and says, I want you to run the, the marketing division or the sales team, but you kind of pick your own staff, you kind of pick your own generals? I mean, I th- again, I think it just, I remember how me and my mates felt when we heard that Lennon had got the job. You know, it pretty much deflated us on the day the treble, there was a treble treble, wasn't it? So I think that probably tells you, I think we, we, we were all getting our. Uh, sombreros out for Rafa coming and the next thing you know literally minutes later it was Lennon now that said you understand the reasoning behind it somebody that knows the club steady hand knows the board sometimes that's part of the problem but we can maybe get on to that later um, I just I get the reasoning behind it it's been done short term but we're, it's now coming home to roost because it's been such short term planning that we're left in a situation where based on Lennon's track record what has always previously happened at his clubs is happening to us. You get that kind of short-term boost um, and then you get the kind of slow downward spiral. Players seemingly not all playing from which was going on in October. However, the bizarre thing is you looked at that team yesterday and the one thing you couldn't see is that they were going to try. You definitely couldn't, which is, is the real puzzler. They absolutely performed for him yesterday and actually this season so far, you couldn't say anybody had hit any sort of form and now all of a sudden, Sorrow, Turnbull, Griff, Eddie, who he was in the plane. Yeah, exactly that. But these guys have come in and have hit form. And yeah, bizarrely on the on the second of January, you've you very much got a team who were responding to the manager, and you can say what you like about him, but I don't believe he's lost the dressing room. What a cliche term that is, but I don't. Those players are playing for him. So that 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 brings me back to my point of. I just don't think you can replace him just now Well, there's a glimmer of chance that these guys will continue to play for him. You could get a new manager in. Who that might be at this stage, I don't know. Poch is a bit of PSG. We've missed Poch. Well, I was going to say a name, right, who I've not thought of, who I've not heard mentioned, and who I don't think would be very warmly received because of the circumstances in which he left. Chris Davis? I wouldn't be against Chris Davis at all. A a a clever guy, a tactician, a smart guy, young, energetic, very much in touch with the modern game. And whether he, he, some guys are made to be number twos though, and some guys want to go out on their own. I, I mean, that, that, I'm just saying that because 
you think of the, the, the structure that was involved under Rodgers, there's still some players there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, maybe half the squad that know that. He's got the respect. I Kennedy think. was supposed to continue that one. Mm-hmm. What, what I think as well is... That, uh, was that not a clash between... The, the obvious clash between Kennedy and Lennon is that Kennedy would probably be trying to do X and Lennon's wanting Y done. We Just wee things like at the player of, I think at the player of the year do under Rodgers, the players didn't drink under Lennon, you know, having a few of the, the fans and that. Who's to say what's right and what's wrong? But just there are clearly different standards held between both both managers. Yeah, and every manager will do things their own way, but it's it's a very different way it feels. It just feels like, I'm a huge Neil Lennon fan, but, you know, he, he certainly deserves a lot of the criticism that's come his way this season. And I'm not an apologist. You know, I'm not banging the drum and saying he's, you know, we should keep Lennon forever, club legend. I, I just believe in trying to make decisions which are for the benefit of the club, both in terms of the short term and what remains this season and the bigger picture. And, you know... It it just feels like Lenny is he's part of the old school of football. He, you know, he, he comes through that. You know, we've spoken about that channel from Clough to Martin O'Neill to Neil Lennon, and a very successful channel at that. But Chris Davis is a, a very different. You know, just as a you know decent example, Muff, he's very much into the modern game and the analytics and the very much paying close attention and developing individual players, which would be a great road to go down. But I think you know beyond that, whether it's whether someone like Chris Davis or anyone else comes in, I think Celtic really now. At this time, they've, they've put all their eggs in the ten-year-old basket, and they've not even thought about the the twenty twenty-one, twenty-two season or beyond. It's just not even. It looks like it's not even in their psyche. Agreed, but I, again, I think our rivals across the, the city are in the same boat as that. So it's going to be quite interesting as to how how this all unwinds and, and pans out. I think it's remiss of me not to mention Chris Davis's name, but not to also mention how he left and how quickly he left. Along with Rogers, that's why I'd say yeah. I mentioned his name purely because of the, the whole connection to the Rogers style of coaching and squad management. How do you think he'd be received, right? So Rogers, is, that's think, all down to Rogers. Though Davis isn't going to say, "No, oh, you're away. Oh, I'm staying." Aye, I'm, Dad, I'm staying. I, 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 I don't think there's any way that Rogers could have left. Sorry, when Rogers left, there's no way I think Kenny that, that Davis. He probably didn't even have the option to stay anyway. Celtic probably said, "Well, that's that." But Rogers was always going to take him with him. So Rogers, uh, Davis, sorry, has certainly avoided the flack that Rogers and to an extent Kieran Tierney bizarrely took. I think these guys get called whatever for leaving. Now rats, I think the thing is the word my fi. So I think I don't know. I mean, do, do you think Chris Davis would get a lot of grief? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think. I see the, the Rogers and Tierney thing separate. I, I think Tierney takes unwarranted stick. I'm willing to put my, myself out there. 100%. And, on, on the line and saying that. Rogers deserves every bit of flack that comes his way. People say, oh, you're a hypocrite or whatever. And that's fine. Uh, <laughs> with Davies, Davies, um, you're right, Kenny. Probably didn't have an option. Um, would we have wanted him to stay anyway, really? Because we, we would have wanted a manager rather than a number two. The short-termism is what, what stands out here. Um the fact that Lennon was brought in so quickly and then retained um, after he had done what he w- had set out to do shows that there has been no long-term plan. I think Benitez has come out and said recently that he was contacted regarding Celtic, although nothing formal was ever discussed. So who knows what's actually went on in the background. But the situation we find ourselves in the now is as a result of the inaction that we took regarding finding another manager because we're in a position now where probably would or should offload or say Lennon thanks very much you know still a club legend all the best see you later but there isn't a really outstanding candidate a replacement whereas at the time you could maybe have got Benitez yeah. if you'd went all out you've no and now we're in a position where and, and I think that's a suggestion that, that I've heard from you know other sources that Peter Lowell may may well have made a change around about November when things were going seriously wrong but what was the alternative so maybe it was you know, the Jack Rosses of this world and, and other types. And maybe when they weighed all things up and compared the status quo with 
replace him with somebody else mediocre. Yep. What was the point? Better the devil you know and all that kind of stuff. Now, rightly or wrongly, they've stuck with Lenny. And actually, since they declared his will be position will be reviewed in January, up to yesterday, done all right. But, you know, yesterday, as I say, they, they're the games that count. You know, beating the Dundee Uniteds and Ross Counties in the league and all that stuff. That's the stuff that you should be doing as a given as Celtic manager. I was just going to say, though, my overarching point, you know, and it should have been done before now, in my opinion, but if not, then certainly no better time than this summer. Celtic, I think, need to review the whole structure in terms of the football department, in terms of a director of football. There's this Nick Hammond role, which was kind of created after he came in, and it's all a bit unclear. Who is the director of football? And, you know, we've spoken about Peter Lowell being the de facto director of football. But let's get a director of football. Let's get, a you know, whether it's a transfer committee. And the manager, and football managers, you know, have got a certain, you know, shelf life. And when one manager moves out, Neil Lennon or Brendan Rodgers, or whoever, another guy just slots into the role rather than ripping up the football department every time somebody moves on. So Brendan Rodgers had full control of the football department and he clearly came in with a, you know, a wish list and all these demands and I believe they were all met and changes at Lennox Town and changes to sports science and he got to bring in, you name it, and all these guys came in, which was great and the professionalism went through the roof and players responded to it. The moment Brendan Rodgers left the building, it just seemed that the whole thing got ripped up and we went back to you know, the early 2000s and, and that way of working and, and Lenny brought in his own system and process. And I'm sure he embraced some of the te technology, but not all of it. So, you know, it remains to be seen what happened there. But surely we should have a structure in place that football managers who will continue to come and go, you know, from here till eternity, that we just have something that they just slot in rather than any time a manager moves on, it's root and branch and wholesale changes. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that to me seems, you know, what you've described there is probably why we all felt deflated after Lenny got announced because we knew the standards that had been put in by Rogers, not just necessarily the product on the park, but everything that was going on behind the scenes. And you knew you were probably taking that step into it being a wee bit more, you know, agricultural under under Lennon, I agree with your point, you know, if, if you're a club worth your salt, you should have an inherent structure in place that doesn't change every time that there's a change of first team coach, if you want to call it that. I think it's just, you know, is the Celtic manager currently responsible for the transfers? You need to say, I doubt it. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'd mentioned earlier that he said, would you trust Lennon to get into the transfer market? What, is, it, is it him that's going to get into the transfer market? And this, you know, this, that's, this brings you back to your point, but what is really what is really going on? Who's identifying the players? Who knows what we actually need? You know, we've got an abundance of attacking midfielders, we've got a shortage of centre halves, a shortage of wingers. Who's looking at the balance of the squad and going, right, this is what we need to do? Doesn't he feel really like MD? <laughs> it's also questionable why it's always so cloak and dagger at Celtic. You know, I understand there's, you know, transfer deals and different things need to be done in private, but it just feels like it almost feels that to an extent they're making up as they go along. The, the big recent example was when we signed Marin Fed and they asked Brendan Rogers about it. And he barely knew a thing about it and almost embarrassingly said, all right, well, it uh, seems like a done, done deal, but, you know, we've got dozens of wingers, so, you know, whatever kind of thing. That's embarrassing. And, and there seems to be no unity. And it, I suppose it was maybe clear at that point that the relationship had broken down between Peter Lowell and uh, Brendan Rodgers. But you also wonder if Lenny's just getting told, you're getting these players, you know, we'll give you this, uh, this centre-half. I mean, Shane Duffy, did Lenny want him or not? Who knows? We'll maybe find out in years to come or whatever, but you just wonder if, if the manager's inheriting players that he doesn't want. And how, and how can you as a manager be told, right, here's here's your centre-half, here's your winger, here's your forward, go make that work, and if it doesn't work, you're a failure, you, you know, you're out the door. It wouldn't happen in any other place of work where you get fed nonsense and, and get told to work miracles with it. So I would defend Lenny on that score. The other, you know, the alternative is... I think I remember quite famously that Brendan Rodgers was part of a, what we call a transfer committee at Liverpool. Liverpool. Fairly controversial as well, but I think it was a guy 
Dominic Camoli, would that be the guy's name? And he was part of that. For me, that works far better, where you've got half a dozen football guys in the room, no accountants, just football guys in the room, deciding on footballers. You know, whether it's looking at, you know, footage or going out to, you know, see guys in person, and half a dozen guys who know their salt will then discuss it through and say, yep, he's the right winger we need, or he's the centre-half we need. And the manager's very much part of that. I think that that went quite spectacularly wrong, though, because they... They go. That doesn't help absolute, my point at all, man. An absolute bounty in for Coutinho, <laughs> and then then spanked on a succession of what now just one of the a lot of project type players, you know, the ones that Celtic undoubtedly like to sign. Although Firmino was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll, was you'll, one. you'll get a gem every now and then. That, that's where Celtic find themselves. I, I caught something on Twitter earlier on today, and it was the fact that when we sell guys for twenty and twenty five million, brilliant. The models work perfectly. You've developed Kieran Tierney. You've developed Mister Dembele. Virgil van Dijk, whatever. You've got big bucks for them. And instead of going, right, we've got, you know, we've moved a guy in for 20 million. Let's sign a couple of sixes and a four. We just sign dozens of two and a half million pound yes. players that fail. I don't have the list here, but you, you know the kind yep. of guys that, you know, yep. you, you could rhyme them off. All these guys that come in with great fanfare and do nothing. I think Julian was the first first team ready signing we had made you know, one of those kind of statements he intent to go out and say, yep. we needed a centre half and we bought one one of our own, one we could call our own, that was an established, you know, 26, 27-year-old yep. professional who had played numerous times in a really good league. We, we don't make those signings I thought we'd done it this year, though. I thought we went and spent the money on Barkas, and then we went and spent the money on Ayeti. Yeah. And there was certain players that we brought in. Yeah, a wee bit different because he'd, he'd spent so much time out at West Ham, and little did we know he was going to need to take so long to get fit as well. I mean, that's just, that has been disastrous. As you, it, whilst he scored goals initially when he came in, he has added in the past three months. He's added virtually nothing to the squad when we've really, really needed somebody to step up and be a spark. Definitely, and, and, and if you're just talking about the striking positions, Klamala, who was signed for around about three, three, three point two, whatever it was, he now found himself the starting striker last time he played Rangers in October, and he might as well have went to Dubai a couple of days ago rather than yesterday because he was nowhere to be seen. So, you know, at one point, I'm the same. I get drawn into looking at the once the summer transfer window closed and someone said look at all this cover we've got in these positions how strong are we and you looked at the defenders and the midfielders and strikers it looked brilliant on paper and as we know it you know, doesn't play out that way but you looked at your four striking berths and you had Eddie Griffiths this guy Ayeti who's been in the Premiership and Klamala as your backup you can write those two off at the moment Ayeti and Klamala are giving you next to nothing in terms of what they're producing Eddie may well be off soon and Griff is just frustratingly inconsistent at times yep. so all of a sudden what looked really strong on paper isn't but there's fees, five million for Ayeti, whatever three million odd for Klamala, and you can go through the whole squad and look at that. So, who's making those decisions? Is it Nick Hammond? Is it Peter Lowell? Is it somebody else? What we also that? can't forget is we were buying players to play in a three-five-two formation as well, and that's just out the window now. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's a fair point. We know. We've, so now, what do we do? Do we go out in January and sign guys for a diamond, which might get ripped up if a new manager comes in? So, so long-term planning is seriously lacking at this moment in time. Again, the lack of wingers. We went for having, you know, you mentioned that Rogers interview where we had Arzani, we had Schwed when he signed Johnson, Sinclair, Forrest, um, and now we've got Johnson, Johnson yeah. and Forrest. Where was Mikey Johnson yesterday? Just a quick aside. I think Any idea? He was on the bench. No, no? wasn't he? Not on the bench. Really strange. I, I touted him last week as somebody who could be a real surprise package for yesterday. The fact he never get any minutes. Yeah, uh, the big before. Ah, you said that you said that to you know, when, he, when he never come off a bench against uh, Dundee United. You yeah. suspected that. Uh, maybe he's just not ready. I was going to say maybe they're just trying to protect him. He didn't want to put him into that that type of game. You know, again, Johnson's very much for long term. Yeah. Um, I, I would I would really hope you would have hoped this would have been his breakthrough season. I mean, one thing I will say about Lennon is Lennon does seem to like him. 
Yeah, he's been he, unlucky. He's, 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 he's telling me fuck off. Although that was that was the the, the night Saint he got it. Was his own stupid fault for getting back on with it. He said he was okay and he wasn't he okay. Was okay. And then yeah. two minutes later, he'd take him off. Yeah. You know, your knee goes, your knee goes. That said as well, you know, Mikey Johnson's uh, lack of inclusion yesterday isn't the reason that we never won that game. I think, you know, to all intents and purposes, we had the, the players available to win that game yesterday. I suppose it takes us fairly nicely on, you know, we're starting to round things up for today's episode, but it takes us fairly well on to what, what the future may, may be in terms of the remainder of this season and beyond. But if you look at guys like Mikey Johnson, I don't know, is he 19, 20 years of age? David Turnbull, 22. Sorrow, 22. Ayer, if you keep a hold of him. Uh, you know, guys like Greg Taylor. Edward's a young guy. Frimpong. Frimpong, of course. There's lots of young guys out there that you could potentially build a team around. Now, there's every chance that come this summer there'll be a, a mass exodus. Bruno will be scaling it back in some way, shape or form. Um, Edward may well go. You know, the, the goalie situation remains to be seen. Lots of lone guys. We've spoken about this before. Duffy, El Yunusi, um, Laxalt. Jam. So the, the the Celtic squad of of this season could be night and day either after this this coming window or next summer. So what do you think they need to be doing just now in terms of protecting that? I've always thought it's quite bizarre that we don't do more business in January with a view to preparing. You know, in previous seasons, I mean, very unlikely we're going to win the league this year. But why we don't do business in January with a view to getting them in the squad to prepare for the Champions League qualifiers. Mm-hmm. I've always thought we've done things a wee bit, you know, a wee bit too late, our business too late. We kind of hold off to wait and see if we qualify before going out and buying people. I've always thought that's quite a strange policy, a, a, a frugal Celtic board that probably shouldn't be. But, you know, to me, it seems to make more sense. Right, if you've identified targets and you need to pay a wee bit extra to get them in in January, surely it's worth having that six months or five months, having them in getting them used to the training, getting them used to their teammates so that they're back and ready to roll in the summer and you can hit the ground running. That's what I would like to see, a wee bit of forward planning, you know, decide what we're going to do. I think the, the risk that you've got is, all it's going to take now, so much of a busted flush is Lennon. All it's going to take now is another defeat and that's it. You know, there's got to be mutiny. The, we need something to unite the fans again. Um, and I think now, now's the time to do that. You're doing a review. You've given Lennon a, a timeline. Ultimately, we're out of contention for the league, I believe. And that's on his watch. So therefore, you now bring someone in just now with a view, who that is, I don't know, with a view to building towards the summer and, and basically bolstering the squad again. I, I get that as a point as well. You know, I, I hadn't really considered just a, a move to unite the fans. So if it's, you know, Peter Lowell or, or Dermot Desmond inspired it might be the one thing that gets you all back on board we all remember where we were when Lenny got the job full time we also remember where we were when Rogers got the job full time and we were so excited by that and maybe something an appointment of that out you know and, and it's got to be a strong appointment anything less than top level is going to be Rogers looks like a great appointment in hindsight but remember he was damaged goods when he arrived at us you know yeah. he, he, there was as much benefit in him joining Celtic as there was Celtic you know getting him as a manager there must be other guys nobody, like that around nobody as well nobody knew how that was going to go um, but it turned out to be a massive statement of intent and, and, you know, the years that followed were absolutely brilliant. Plus also the calibre of player that we brought in initially, like specifically Dembele, but also someone I really enjoyed watching. Um, although he came, he came in under Dio, really, but it was Roberts, I really liked yeah. Roberts. You know, players that had that wee bit of spark, you know, Armstrong's re- rejuvenation and things like that, you're, you're looking for someone to come in. And there's obviously ability within that squad. They've mm-hmm. seen the run that they've went on since they've been under a bit of pressure. It's been decent. They've looked a wee bit more fluid again. There's been a bit more desire about them to go and win the ball back as well, which wasn't there in, 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 in previous games. So clearly that's sitting within that squad. We just need someone that's got to come in and eke it out of them on a more regular basis because Rangers are, have put down a far more stern challenge which will require 
a lot of consistency. And what's the record this year? Lost two, drawn three? Or... Drawn four of our league games. Drawn four, lost two. I mean, that's that's just not good enough. Yeah. It's also bizarre that, in Celtic aren't alone here, that football teams don't spend more money on their manager. Because for me, he's the most important guy in the building. You know, if, if he can get 10% more of each, out of each of his players, and Rodgers has shown that what, you know, what good coaching can do, yet we'll blow three million on Clamalla. Right. A couple of million on Bio. <laughs> What, what a guy Bio and other guys of that ilk why not keep that couple of million that few million back and see if you know bringing in Benitez or whoever you know blows the you know the fee structure for a manager it's only one guy and it's what an investment it would be it's so, ultimately an investment in your playing squad as well because I bet a manager brings better and, players in and everyone responds to it there's that knock on effect Celtic I believe is a club they budget for Europa League qualification and if they get Champions League, it's a bonus. But surely in any other sort of business as well, you would see that as a calculated risk. If you say, if I get X, Y, Z in in January, embed them into the squad, by the time the qualifiers come around in July, August, whatever it may be, there's a thirty million pound prize at the end of that tunnel, or you know whatever it might be. So if you can you spend five to make thirty, and it's a you know it's a risk, but it's a calculated risk. If you sign proven talent, can be got for five, six, and seven million. Julian being the most recent example. But what we do is we try and follow the model every time and for every Moussa Dembele there's a Mo Bangura unfortunately and we seem to have gathered more Mo's than Moussa's in recent years and it's I don't know I think the whole thing needs to be seriously reviewed and started again I wonder if Neil Lennon's been reviewed in January should Peter Lowell also be reviewed you know from Dermot Desmond well I mean I think the Lowell's in a, a position where as long as we are making profit then he seemed to be doing a, a good job you know um, I just think we've been we've been let down at some stage or another by the board the management and the player yeah, that's, what, that's what this boils down to you know at different stages we've been let down by, by all three I, f I feel mm. personally um, you know people are frustrated and, and they want answers understandably so why why have we got, got it so badly wrong at such a crucial point when you know it should have been fairly plain and clear to everybody within that playing squad and within the backroom team and the management team as to what we were what we were aiming for I, I just don't really think there's any particular excuse for it unless there's something went on in the background that we don't know about yeah stuff we don't know about that, you know maybe we'll find out in years to come when they all bring out their books Kenny Aye, any final that. thoughts Kenny as we start to wrap things up for today I think get it all off your chest now Kenny yeah, now's the time and it's been a tough weekend the burden of 10 is weighed us down I think the fans were quite right to that was the main goal the, the board should have been looking at the bigger picture been far too many short sighted moves made Lennon being one of them uh, and it's it's cost us so in terms of the question Miff stick or twist do you think they should be making a move to replace I, I would purely because I think Lennon most likely won't be the manager by the summer regardless so what you know regardless of what happened well in the highly after winning the 10 highly unlikely man. event highly unlikely event that we won the 10 and the best thing is this is all recorded this is all got to be good so imagine we win 10 in a row and I'm just going to look like the biggest tadger in the world that I'm would be great to, right I'm going to get absolutely haunted but in the highly improbable event that we win 10 in a row you know that's the only reason I can see Lennon staying I don't think it's going to happen so therefore Neil Wayne will not be the manager after the summer I get your point that whilst there is a very very small gunner you try and keep that and keep the momentum I, I would look at it the opposite way and say right it's not going to take much for the fans to turn against Lennon and the team again is it Really, that you know, it takes is another draw, a drop point, mm -hmm. drop points. Sorry, somewhere, and the same inquests are going on as what we are sitting doing just now. So you say, right, it, it clearly it's done, it's run its course. What we've found out 
since things have went wrong is this board are actually very very stubborn and whilst they want your money off you that's great go and buy the three beautiful strips which they are by the way absolutely beautiful go and buy the three beautiful strips and all that beautiful training kit as well which it is and I have bought some of it <laughs> if not all of it when it comes down to you making your voice heard when standards have dropped because remember standards were high because of who was previously manager and the players maintained that standard for a period after he left those standards have dropped performances have dropped Fans wanted answers. Some of them went about it the wrong way, but with stadiums being closed, how how else were you going to get your voice heard? You couldn't just no go to a game, or you couldn't put a banner up inside the game. So again, I understand the element of the frustration, but they, you know, in hindsight, they went about it the wrong way. The board have chosen to dig their heels in. Right, okay, that's fine. We are now in a position where the board and, and Lennon are culpable for the situation that we are in. So they, by making the decisions that they've made, they've put us in there in this position so what they got to do about it are you the same kind of do you think a, a change in management would galvanise the, the team whether it be for anything left for this season or more looking at the bigger picture I do and I, th- I don't know if there's another Rodgers out there but I think giving someone four, five, six months to, to come in and work with the guys that are going to be here and also maybe bring in his own men in January as well I think that's the the most sensible thing to do mm-hmm. and I think it will galvanise the fans if you do that yeah I mean to be honest with you I hadn't quite considered just the impact of bringing in someone you know of a certain level of course it, that could it could also backfire if you say we're changing the manager <laughs> but there's Pulis or whatever because that could that could lead to a serious revolt <laughs> but if they do bring in if they do bring in someone of calibre then then that could be very interesting okay well listen lads thanks as always for your input today so following a decade of domination Celtic can now finally wave goodbye to the mixed bag that was 2020 whether the next few years are quite as dominant as anybody's guess and following yesterday's poor start it's now all eyes on Celtic for the next move in this topsy-turvy roller coaster of a season my thanks as always to Miff and to Kenny for joining us today on the Celtic Exchange and finally thanks to you for listening whether you find yourself in Dubai or Dumbarton this week have a great new year and we'll see you all again next time Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts.